Blog Talk Radio. Enter the zone. The Prophecy Zone. Your end time watchman. Bringing you light in a dark world. Where truth is rivaled with a lie. And the matrix is normal life. Luke 21. And there shall be signs in the sun, and in the moon, and in the stars. And upon the earth distress of nations, with perplexity. The sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear, and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud, with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. You are now in the zone. So be ready to enter the light or truth about the end of days. So you will be ready for the coming of the Lord. You are in the zone, the prophecy zone. So join us for the next hour as we look at world events in line with Bible prophecy. So you'll be informed and be ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. Phil Armstrong. Hello and welcome to Prophecy Zone. This is Phil Armstrong and we have an interesting show lined up for y'all. Uh, I hope y'all can hear me. Uh, I'm going to do a couple of tests right quick just to make sure y'all can hear me. I don't hear myself. So you might hear echo. Hello and welcome to Prophecy Zone. This is Phil Armstrong we have an interesting show lined up for y'all. I hope y'all can hear me. Okay, this, this, so, so you guys can hear me. Okay, that's fine, because I don't have a chat room going on, so it's kind of hard to actually uh, uh, do anything when we when you don't know if you're actually on or not. So I got, I got an interesting show lined up for y'all today. I just wanted to go over some interesting news. It's kind of hard to... We got... I'm trying to clarify if I can hear you and get heard by you. I don't want to say a whole bunch of stuff and maybe speaking from the wrong microphone. Long story. I got two new microphones. I got a headset and I got a um, Yeti. Yeti microphone. And I'm not used to uh, talking because it's more like a table uh, microphone where you just place on the table. It's beautiful. It looks like a missile. But uh, it, it has a headstand, look like state-of-the-art microphone. I love it. But or as you can see, I can actually I don't have to have my mouth all up in the microphone. So uh, I'm pretty sure you guys don't get redundant anyway. Um, there's a lot of things going on today in the news. Um, looks like the Middle East is getting heated up, and, and it looks like war is going to be on our horizon in the in the in the, in the space of time. And we're going to talk about that today. We're also going to talk about the, the, the comet that's coming this way, Alini. Uh, it looks like it uh, could be coming here by uh, late September. Uh, and it looks like it's going to cause some havoc. And by the way, the uh, Japanese um, tsunami was um, a, a product of the uh, uh, comet being lined up with 
uh, I think Mars and the Sun, and that is what the product that we got. Some people have said that it was hearts, could have been, but we don't know for sure, but best chance is it could have been something to do with the alignment of the stars and this planetary uh, a pro a object that's headed this way. And also the Chile earthquake um, was a big uh, deal that uh, happened to us as humanity. Um, and uh, we all sent a uh, Verizon uh, donation or Sprint donation or whatever you text, whatever is your preferred phone. A lot of people sent in donations via different instruments. And um, wow. So uh, we're going to take a quick break. And uh, when we get back, we're going to get cover some news. And we have a special guest. We have uh, Susan Posio. We'll be here at 6 o'clock uh, Pacific time. We're going to go over current events. We also got uh, one of my uh, brothers in Christ, uh, uh, Ryan T, is going to be here. We're going to be talking about the Mormon uh, church. He used to be in the Mormon church. So uh, with all that being said, stick around, and we'll be right back uh, to you in a few minutes. We'll be back. Enter the zone, the prophecy zone, your end time watchman, bringing you light in a dark world where truth is rivaled with a lie and the matrix is normal life. Luke 21, and there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear, and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken, and then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud, with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. You are now in the zone. So be ready to enter the light or truth about the end of days, so you will be ready for the coming of the Lord. You are in the zone, the prophecy zone. So join us for the next hour as we look at world events in line with Bible prophecy, so you'll be informed and be ready for the coming of Jesus Christ. recording of my daughter's heartbeat within my womb and ever since my husband Jeff saw our moving active vibrant daughter by way of live ultrasound image and heard her precious heartbeat within the womb he's been horrified that we as a society legally kill our children at this stage of life as a society we legally kill our children this is the greatest human rights issue of our day to join in the conversation, Fridays, 9 to 11, visit WeKillChildren.org and find the show. That's WeKillChildren.org. The 
Romans 6, 23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You're listening to the Prosperity Zone on Box Talk Radio. Now, we don't go blowing up people and killing our enemies because God never told us to do so, but we're literalists in our interpretation of what the Bible says. We believe it verbatim, we believe it verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and we live accordingly. So why is that so hard to believe that Muslims would do the same because the Quran puts no limitations on the violence and the war against those who stand opposed to Islam, where... The, the Bible and the New Testament, especially in grace under which we live, Jesus never mandates that we do such a thing. So, you know, they're literalists and we are literalists. Theirs causes them to be violent. Rapture Ready Radio, live on Tuesday and Saturday, and the BB Report live on Thursday. Visit www.raptureadyradio.com for more show information. My name is Phil Armstrong, and I'd like to invite y'all to join us on the Property Zone every Thursday and Sunday as we talk about the soon coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're going to talk about world events like the Mark of the Beast, Israel, Middle East peace talks, Middle East wars. We're going to be talking about things like the end-time generation that we live in because we are living in the final days. So join us on the Property Zone. I don't want to see 
people die. Uh, but this time, I'm, like, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I kind of hope I'm not wrong. So, uh, my, my best belief, and this is just a belief, I'm not prophesying, I'm not telling you, third says the Lord, this is what's going to happen. I'm hoping, the Bible calls it in second, uh, second uh, actually Titus 2.13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearance of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I am looking for that hope. I am looking for Jesus. I'm not looking for the uh, undertaker. I'm looking for the uppertaker. Okay, I'm not looking for a casket. I'm, I'm listening for trumpet. We all got to die, but is that really true? We all got to die with the Bible according to uh, Thessalonians chapter 5. Uh, somebody ain't going to die. We should not all sleep, but we should be changed in the twinkling of an eye, spoken of in Corinthians. Uh, we're not always, not everybody's going to die. Uh, at one point, God, even if even if it was, the post-trippers are right, there's going to come a, t- a point where somebody ain't going to die. Okay? But anyway, Israel plans to strike Iran in September. Uh, these articles are not me. So when some people on Blog Talk or some people on YouTube say, you're trying to predict something, keep in mind these are articles from someone else. And if you want to say I'm predicting off these articles, I would rather for you to say I'm predicting uh, off a, a, a whole bunch of information coming in. And, hey, I'm looking for that blessed hope. That's all I got to say. Um, Ex-CIA official Robert Baer believes an Israel strike against Iran is rather imminent. Predicts U.S. will have to get involved. <laughs> it says Israel may mount a strike against Iran in the fall. Longtime CIA officer Robert Baer, who spent 21 years in the Middle East, told the Los Angeles radio station Saturday. Baer ventured such a move would drag the U.S. into another major war. <gasps> you think that would be a problem for the United States? Going into another war? I mean, seriously, you think that the, the, the Barack Obama's going to cry about that? They like war. And, and to think about a Democrat liking war? Are you serious? I never heard of a Democrat liking war. And uh, right now, um, if you really wanted to take Gaddafi out a long time ago, you could have took him out a long time ago. You would have more reasons to do it a long time ago rather than now. But it's time for the New World Order. It's time for the One World Government. Whoever is listening to this, the New World Order is coming. One president, one Congress, one court system, one religion, a religion made of a whole bunch of other religions. And like I told some people today, if Jesus walks into the room, of all the false gods, all of them got to leave. Because Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but to me. But I veered off course once again. Um, Turkey renews ties with Israel ahead of showdown with Syria. After more than a year of strained relations, Turkey has decided to restore military intelligence collaboration in the eastern Mediterranean with Israel as the president, Ankara, heads for the military showdown with Syria. Now, <coughs> I'm going to read uh, Matthew 24. 
and I know I'm kind of cutting these uh, uh, articles short on you guys, and I pro- apologize, but I have a guest coming on in a few minutes, uh, and then I have another guest coming on right after that. Um, actually, technically, I'm going to go ahead and read this very quick, and then we'll, we'll go from there. But anyway, the Bible talks about there should be wars and rumors of wars. And then in the next sentence, uh, the next verse, so it starts off in uh, chapter 24 of Matthew, verse 7. Actually, verse 6. It says, Ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nations shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be pestilence, famines, pestilence, and earthquakes in diverse places. Um, I believe in my heart that um, when the time comes and um, it is near, many nations will fight the fight against many nations. See, we get the impression that it'll be sort of like World War One or World War Two, where there were regional wars and that's why they were adventurous to say that there were war wars. I believe this time it's gonna be Armageddon like. Uh I believe that before the Jesus comes back uh for his church, uh I, I see uh major conflicts all around the world simultaneously. So if you're watching CNN or MSNBC or uh, Fox, uh, you may not be able to leave the TV set because there's going to be that much thing, many things going on simultaneously. Uh, God has uh, told us that just in the days of Noah, now if you notice that before Noah went into the ark, Everything was fair, well, well in game. Men were eating and drinking, doing what they pleased. Same thing with Lot. Lot, uh, before he left the city, they were trying to get beat down Lot's door. So if you notice the apathy of these individuals, remember, I, I can almost guarantee you that people were knocking on the the, the uh, ark to get in with uh, Noah's family. And I can hear the scream. So uh, it's going to come a time where the rapture of the church will happen. And and, and today, many people in the church don't even believe that there is a rapture. So just because you don't believe that Texas exists, don't mean it don't exist. Uh, There's a lot of people who will tell you, that Texas existed, and they never seen Texas before. Just like somebody would tell you their brain. Uh, actually, let me. I'm very not course. I'm gonna go ahead and um, see if my. Uh, I got a, a brother here. We talked to some Mormons. Uh, his name is Ryan T. We talked to some um, uh, <laughs> some uh, Mormon um, brothers today. Uh, Mormon guys. I wouldn't say brothers. Some guys today, and we're gonna um, go ahead and talk about them. We're gonna take a quick break, and then we're gonna talk about uh, me and his experience with uh, these Mormon cats. We'll be back. Join us on the Prophet Zone as we talk about world events in line of Bible prophecy. Anytime. 
we're back. I think the older the file uh, on Blog Talk Radio, I'm starting to find out the older the file, the more scratchier it sounds. And I don't, I don't know if that has anything to do with it. But when I first uploaded these two, those two commercials, um, that was weird. We're back. For the show, uh, Ryan, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. All right, um, what I wanted to quickly talk about is uh, I was just trying to get ready for the show, and uh, we we were cleaning out my uh, studio, soon to be, uh, formerly known as the garage, will be my studio. It's pretty much isolated, and um, hopefully we can get better sounds from that environment. But uh, we were talking uh, to some Mormon guys, and we we just we just uh, felt compassionate to go and talk to them. Of course, their job was to come into neighborhoods and uh, and and parcelize uh, people or talk to people about their faith. But Ryan uh, used to be in the Mormon uh, faith. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your? Uh, Background as a Mormon. Uh, I just I I grew up Mormon basically, you know, because I was born into a Mormon family. Um, I don't know exactly how many generations far back it went. I don't think too recently. You know, maybe uh, my great grandpa he might have got converted at some point. I never really asked his story or anything. But um, basically, I have a lot of uh, family member, you know, cousins and everybody that that's Mormon. And I uh, basically stopped going, uh, in a nutshell, I stopped going to the Mormon church when I was uh, in my teenage years. Uh, I'd read all their teachings um, and all their uh, their literature, and um, I just saw a lot of, like, contradictions, basically, with the information that they gave to me, and um, I had a problem with a lot of their teachings that... Uh, you know, they claim to be a Christian church, basically, and a lot of their teachings were very anti-Christ-like, very anti-Christian. Um, they didn't go uh, complementary with what the Bible teaches in any way. Um, it was just very strange. And uh, during all that time, um, God was speaking to me through the Holy Spirit. I could feel him telling me, you know, uh, basically there's a lot of man-made traditions and commandments and things that... Uh, where they they teach you you kind of have to work your way towards salvation you have to earn your salvation and uh, when I found out that it was a grace and there was nothing I could you know basically I was just kicking uh, my feet uh, kind of like spinning my wheels and not really getting anywhere uh, you know and uh, when I realized that my works were filthy rags and um, this church that I was at they are basically just like Pharisees kind of you know um, and I realized the Holy Spirit told me that um, just to like accept, to accept Jesus and to follow Jesus, that uh, there's nothing I could do to save myself, and I basically uh, gave my life to Jesus and um, realized all I needed was Jesus. I did not need all the man-made traditions and the commandments and all these things that, that couldn't save me, that couldn't uh, change my heart and take the sinfulness out of my heart, you know, and make me a, a better person. 
just like the Bible says we're all sinners. And, uh, Amen. And uh, the rest is history. <laughs> yeah, what, 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 what was, when we, when we walked up on these guys and we, you know, uh, as we pray, you know, pray in temple as you go up to them. What was your, what was your, I know of mine, sort of, but as a, as a former Mormon, you have a better grasp of what was going on because I had to, me, myself, uh, we, we pretty much did, um, you complimented me. I'm not a former Mormon. Um, what was your perspective? I mean, what, what were you feeling that God was telling you that needed to be said as, uh, as a start to witness, uh, to these individual men, because there's about four of them. Maybe, was it four or five? I think, I think it was like four. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. So, what was your what, what was your perspective? What was God? I mean, what what was your perspective, and what did you believe God was leading you to um, do to sort of uh, stick a monkey wrench? <laughs> <laughs> what was He telling you that you needed that needed to be said? And, and and go ahead, just answer that question. Okay, yeah. Uh, basically, I just, you know, I saw them there, and I felt kind of just that prompting of the Holy Spirit to to go talk to them. And um, I was praying, you know, because I didn't know what to say to them, uh, any specific, you know, uh, thought-out things that I would say to them. And uh, so I prayed that, you know, that just the Holy Spirit would give me the words to say the right words at the right time. And uh yeah. I uh, when it, so then when I got to him, I just kind of wanted to sort of break the ice, I guess, and uh, kind of um, show them that I didn't really want to debate them, but that I was coming to them like in love as a as a friend, someone that's trying to help take them out of this, the dark place that they're in uh, to the light of Christ, and uh, and then kind of take it from there, I guess, you know, just kind of get a feel for whatever topics uh, might might come up after that. Yeah. Yeah. The the it seems like we pretty much in harmony was able to point out that God Jesus was the only way and that the Bible was the only way. And we kinda I like the way we kinda especially what I what I what I did was I, I decided to tie well of course Jesus is the word. And uh, when he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father but to me. Uh, if he's the word, then no one comes to God but by the Bible or the word of God. And um, that was basically the first thing we, we, we well, at least me, I was trying to do. Um, and then Ryan, what he was doing was, I like what he was doing because he was breaking down uh, because he, he has a grasp on the because he's a former um, Muslim, uh, Mormon, uh, <laughs> uh, many wives. I guess they they do have some similarities. So he, he he's a former um, uh, Mormon. So he was able to articulate what was needed to be said based on what he his knowledge uh, as a formal. Uh, Mormon and as a person who continues to educate himself about what was going on. Um, we were in the sunlight, so we had to come out and sit down on my porch. Uh, so we decided to discuss, uh, and they, they were they were patient enough to listen. 
Um, tell us about the uh, trial. Well, tell us about the uh, the hardness that you have encountered with Mormons versus you being a former Mormon to witness to these individuals. What what what's the common? Is there is there there's a common hardness? You were just explaining to me before we came on uh, about the stare, the blank stare. That's <laughs> yeah. How hard is it to penetrate Mormons and try to, you know, try to give them God's true word and to convert them over? How hard was it to even convert you over? Yeah, and uh, so uh, what's the two questions? Just exactly. Well, well, how? how as you as you encounter these individuals, and as you encounter, and you've talked to other Mormons in the past, are all Mormons sort of give the same blank stare and the same message uh, okay, of why yeah. they believe what they believe? Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah, if they there's like I, I'm not gonna put them all into like one exact category, but there is definitely a, a, a very widespread pattern between a lot of them I've talked to. I'm not overgeneralizing or anything, but what what, you, what I ex- have experienced is that uh, there is a hardness of, of heart, um, not in like derogatory sense in the sense that like, not saying that they're rude people and they don't have the patience to listen to what you have to say. But there is something that is, like, intercepting and blocking them from receiving the message, you know, with an open mind or with a, a softened heart. Um, kind of like the parable of the sower, you know, the the seed that you're trying to plant is kind of falling on hard, hard ground. Um, and from what I've noticed, in my opinion, um, a big reason why the theology teaches them that everybody's wrong, so you kind of... Basically, they have a there's a sense of pride in the sense that theologically that they have all the information, the correct and true information that the rest of the world doesn't have that. Um, so it kind of positionally makes them uh, feel like that they're right. So they almost are like, we don't need to hear what you have to say because we already have the answers. They already feel like they're right, and they feel like whatever you have to say to them is going to be kind of like inferior. Um, that they already have all the information and they already have all the answers, basically. What what, what intrigued me about this about this uh, witnessing in the Mormons today was how you sort of told them how they were thinking about you as a former Mormon. Could you explain that? Yeah, I just um, you could. I guess you could kind of say it as kind of like religious propaganda and stuff. Um, when I when I was Mormon. Uh, they taught us that, you know, certain stereotypes about Christians and uh, just like, you know, propaganda about this is what Christians teach, this is what they believe. And they would mock, you know, they would mock the grace of Christ, you know. Um, I think mostly ignorantly, uh, they just didn't understand it, that uh, they'd be like, oh, well, you know, somebody, they could have killed somebody, they could have done, like, the worst type of thing, and all they have to do is say, Jesus, you know, like, forgive me, and they'll be born again, and to them, they're like, it's not fair, you know, uh, someone that, you know, basically, they lived their life so righteously their whole life, and everything like that, um, but anyone that has had anger towards their brother, 
Jesus said that that person is a murderer in their heart already. Um, and everyone's our righteousness is all filthy rags. Uh, we all fall short of the glory of God. None of us are perfect people, and um, they kind of don't understand that. They have a sense of that. Yeah, it's more of a work sense, and that's another thing that the Holy Spirit led uh, me to engage in. In Brother Ryan, also is that works we're not saved by works, and and and, and technically. Uh, sometimes I can get heated and excited out when I'm witnessing to somebody, so I have to sort of catch myself. And if I have another person with me, it's hard to be quiet. We had a, a couple of weeks ago, we had a thing called Hoop Fest here, and that's where competition downtown Spokane. And brother, me and Brother Ryan went out to witness some people. And it wasn't so hard for me to keep my mouth shut that day because I was kind of nervous to get back into witnessing because. You know, I've talked to many people, but I'm always nervous every time I start that day to talk to people. I don't care. Whatever I'm doing, I'm always nervous every time I have to start on the, to, to witness to individuals. And when I was over in Qatar in the military, I would, there were brief hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of soldiers and, and airmen and military personnel, let's just say that, and, and civilians. And every time I would, that day, I would always be nervous, and the nervousness never left as many people as I talked to. So that hasn't changed today either, even on my radio program. But uh, Ryan, uh, uh, hopefully I can get Ryan to start helping me do some shows by himself. Um, that that'd be awesome. Uh, it doesn't have to be just about. It can be about any subject which you want to talk about. But um, Ryan, um, stick around, man, um, for another forty. 50, well, about 44, well, about, I'm going to bring Susan Posio on, and then I'm going to bring you back on at the end of the show, and uh, we're going to okay. continue talking. Uh, but uh, we'll be back after these messages, and I'm going to bring Susan on. We'll be back. A story we're following. New Yorkers can now apply for the new enhanced driver's license. This was Melissa Hong's mind as we played with the race. Melissa, they've only been available for a couple of hours, but already more than 100 New Yorkers have applied for the new enhanced driver's license. Officials say that they'll make crossing borders like here at the Peace Bridge safer and faster. Now, starting June 2009, federal law will require you to either have the enhanced driver's license or passport to enter into the U.S. from Canada, the Caribbean, or Bermuda. Now, the new enhanced driver's license has a special radio frequency chip inside that will make it faster at the border crossings. Now, for a regular renewal, the enhanced license costs $80. That's $30 more than a regular license, but a passport costs more than $100. Now, a birth certificate will suffice at the border until June 2009, and it will always be... This is Prophecy Zone Radio.
going through a few little life challenges, but. Amen. Yeah, I heard that. Just <laughs> <laughs> to be. Well, uh, I wanted to just have you on and and and, and get some uh, information on what's been going on with your ministry and and um, and how you. Uh, uh, with information you're coming up with as far as the the church world today. So without being uh, holding you up, what's up? <laughs> well, there's so much going on. I, I never I never thought since I've been a Christian now since nineteen eighty one that I would see such a great falling away yeah. as has been predicted in the yeah. word of God. Um, I was listening to a little bit of your other guest, and uh, it sounded interesting, very interesting. And um, I was thinking that I I was looking at some computers. Um, My computer burned out about three or four weeks ago. I had it on, and all of a sudden it just went crash, and it was gone. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So uh, I was looking... For some new computers, and I thought it was very interesting that they now offer facial recognition on yeah. your personal home. <laughs> wow! Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. And fingerprints, they take your fingerprints. Yeah, my um, wife uh, had her one of her cousins had an uh, article on uh, a couple about a week ago about the, the cop. The police officers are going to have facial recognition in their vehicles, uh, and they were going to be able to tell. uh, I guess that's the 21st century of where's your papers. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So that that yeah that seems to be coming true. But go ahead. But it, it, uh, I couldn't believe it when uh, they were offering me this technology and uh like what what the heck do I need uh, facial recognition for on my home computer and uh, why do I need my computer to take my fingerprints it's it's really amazing i um i think it 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 all pertains to what's happening in the church too because so many people in the church think that everything is wonderful and that uh, we're going to take back the government and uh, we we put prayer back in school. But I think the ironic thing is that who can stop you from praying? Who's going to stop you from praying in school if you want to pray? Yeah. Uh, but even God Almighty himself doesn't force people to pray. So uh, why... Why do Christians believe that they can force people to pray? Yeah. And try yeah. to uh pass laws to force people to pray when yeah. it's our job, right? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. That is true. That is true. We're supposed to be doing that. That's our duty. That's our <laughs> but, uh, duty. Yeah, that's that not is... the government's duty to be forcing yeah. people to pray. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And and, and I I don't uh, know where to go with this one, but I can tell you this: um, I was sitting in my church today, 
And uh, and like I do a lot of times, I say, man, it's just a, every time I get there, um, I say this is huge. This is a very huge church. For the last couple of weeks, I've been able to find seats, but um, around holiday times, you can't find any seats. And uh, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, uh, this seems like a comfortable place. So I start getting uncomfortable by saying this seems like a comfortable yeah, place. Yeah, right. You know, uh, and, and I believe that's what churches do today. They make you feel comfortable. But uh, I, our chief aim is, is to, and, you know, we should go out like, uh, you know, Andrew and, you know, Phil. I can't remember if Philip, uh, Andrew went to Philip or Philip went to Andrew. I think Andrew went to Philip in the Bible uh, and, 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 and invited him to come see the master. And that's one of the methods of the gospel. But I'm I, I like I say to my wife and I say to my my friend Ryan and a few other people that you know I've been in Spokane for five years and only three people have ever t- talked to me about Christ. So, wow! So the bigger the church is, the bigger the assumption that everybody's saved because look at how big our church is. This is huge. Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, this this to me. And the bigger the church is today, especially the mega churches, the the more people feel comfortable, and the more they think that the numbers are actually well. This is not the only big church. This is not the only church. I'm pretty sure that there are other churches in our city where where you know, and, and they come up with this perception that oh, I don't have to go witness. I don't have to go do anything. Yeah. I just sit on my butt. And to me, that's just as dangerous as listening to Benny Hinn said that there are nine Holy Spirits. Hear it, hear it, hear it. You know, that's just the worst of it. Don't say that. Well, I mean, they, like you said, it's it's comfortable. Yeah. And the pastor makes you feel like he's doing everything, so you give him you give him the money yeah. to do the job that you're supposed to be doing. But he'll do it for you. But the pastors have taken on such a burden. Most of them can't cope with the burdens that they've taken on to try to be the superstar of the church and the person that gets everything done when you have this huge mega church and uh, everybody should be doing something. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, everybody should be doing something. Everybody (laughs) should be doing something, but they don't... uh, most churches don't uh, foster that type of individuality. They you yeah. go and you can just blend in. And uh, for instance, if if I was attending a church, and uh, for the most part, I wouldn't be accepted in the churches. That yeah. uh, a friend of mine a few years ago, he was starting a church, and he asked me if I wanted to come and help him. And uh, I, I told him I couldn't, and the reason I told him I couldn't is because he was still, he's still going out and singing for uh, Morris Cirillo. He sings at some of Morris Cirillo's um, co- uh, conferences, uh-huh. and um, I knew that I couldn't be a part of it yet. I mean, I really love my friend, and yeah. uh, I would have loved to have helped him, but it, he wouldn't. We were going in opposite directions. And uh, there was no way that I could be a part of it. So we have to be uh, independent enough to take a bold stand for Jesus 
and not be afraid of fitting in and being popular because that's not really going to happen, you know. Yeah, and uh, it's 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 like um, the guy from Purpose Driven. What's his name? Um, Rick Warren. Yeah, Rick Warren yeah. telling people you need to take the crosses out of the church. You may you need to make it look like a bar. You need to look it look like a club. Yeah, it needs more worldly. You well, know, I remember like that. that. I, I mean, are you serious? Well, <laughs> but that's not new because I was yeah. in a church uh, in the '80s up in Colorado, and mm-hmm. uh, I found the um, the pastor was really getting uh, into uh, the whole thing with the the Jewish. Uh, Trying to blend the Jewish with the uh, the Christian, uh, the whole Messianic movement, and then he was saying that he um, he there was a cross in the front of the church. They bought this this building, and uh, there was a cross on the building. And he said, "I want to get rid of that cross because it offends Jewish people." Yeah. And I I was shocked. Yeah, I was really shocked. Because uh, to me, the cross is a symbol of uh, what Jesus did for us. I'm not ashamed of a cross. I'm not concerned about somebody putting a cross in their house or in their church. Or we don't worship the cross, but we can look at it and remember what Jesus did for us. And uh, so that's not new. But you you see that in... in, uh, It's not... They don't want to be. Uh, they want to be like the world. The church started being so much like the world, and trying to copy the world, and that that has nothing to do with the gospel. Because I was saved just by the old-fashioned gospel of Jesus Christ. I, I wasn't saved by a rock concert and a trapeze show in the church and the coffee bar and yeah, the uh, ATM. Yeah, the ATM and the disco. And uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't need all that. And uh, I was, uh, I was watching. Uh, just happened to be watching TBN, TBN, or one of these. Uh, I was flipping through, and I saw Matthew Barnett, and I, I do like him. Yeah. A young man that started the Dream Center there in Los Angeles. And I, I think he really has a heart for people. Uh, he actually goes and lives on the street uh, with the homeless people. Yeah. And uh, so uh, most pastors won't do that. But oh, he was no. saying, he was he preached, actually I really enjoyed the sermon he preached. He said that um, the church has tried so hard to become relevant. And we're not supposed to try to become relevant yeah. in the world. We just go back to preaching the gospel. That That's what works. Yeah, that is true. Because the Word of God is what changes us. It, it's amazing because before I got saved, um, I was reading the Bible, and I didn't believe the Bible, and, and I, I, I didn't particularly like Jesus Christ at the time. I didn't know him, of course. Yeah. But I started reading the Bible, and mm-hmm. isn't it a funny thing that that Word of God it comes, you take it in, and it starts changing you. Yeah. Uh, and that's what <laughs> happened to me. It started changing me, and uh, I, I finally believed it and accepted 
Christ as Jesus into my life. And But so many churches, too, Phil, don't want to give an altar call anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Or they say, you know, close close your eyes. I guess it's better than nothing. Close your eyes and and if you believe this, raise your hand. No eyes looking. No eyes looking. You know, I, I guess, uh, if it, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm talking out of ignorance. But, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, but uh, some, I think sometimes, I know sometimes people are a little embarrassed because I yeah. know the first time, after I first got saved and I, I would go to church, and I didn't want to raise my hands up in the air and worship the Lord. I yeah. would get them up like a little bit, and I was yeah. embarrassed. Yeah. But now I don't care. I'll lift my hands and rejoice and sing and dance or whatever and worship yeah. the Lord. But I think sometimes people are, are uh, a little embarrassed. And yeah. uh, so, you know, I don't I don't find fault with that, even if they close their eyes or you know, nobody looking, because there might be somebody there that actually will get born again, yeah. and uh, if they're if they're doing it the right way, and people are really uh, having a heartfelt moment with Christ, I've had some wonderful moments in churches, yeah. uh, the fellowship of the bread with the brethren, and. Uh, just sometimes with the Lord, uh, you know, have been wonderful in churches. So, uh, I but I but I still love an old-fashioned altar call. I think, <laughs> you know, they're yeah. beautiful sometimes. People come up and they cry and, they, <laughs> you know, they have a real experience with the Lord. So, uh, yeah. Now I, I try to make it a point, even on my program, to try to um, have that opportunity for people to accept Christ, to yeah. let them know and explain to them. Uh, I didn't really know how to accept Christ when I did it. I didn't have all the right rules and regulations and, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, all the steps and all that. Yeah. I nearly got on, on my knees one night in my room, and I asked Jesus if he was real, if he was real, to reveal himself to me and, and to come into my life and change my life and uh yeah. I repented of my sins and that I really and I was changed. He did he did what he said he was going to do. Yes indeed, yes indeed. Amen. Now uh what, what is uh what is your update on things that are going on? You have any information on the church <laughs> world? <laughs> the church world. Oh my well, we have uh, we've seen uh, I've, I've seen Paula White have she she has the regular guest and I won't even bother to mention his name but a young man who's a psychic on her uh, program and uh, has uh, they have a program him and his father on. Uh, the word network but anyway they he's become a regular guest with Paula and yeah. uh, also Benny Hinn now it's amazing to me because obviously it's so obvious that this person is a psychic and not yeah. born again and yeah. uh that people uh 
actually would still believe that Paula White or Benny Hinn are of the Lord yeah. when they're not. Because yeah. they, I, I always say watch the money. And, and if you can watch how people are raising funds in yeah. the ministry and you see if they start the manipulation and uh, that's that's the time that you need you need to uh, get away from uh, those ministries i was um you know jimmy swaggered is back on television yeah he was doing all right for a minute he was doing he... all right for a while yeah, and nice. then he he started the pimping yeah yeah he started the pimping and yeah. and the the funny thing is a few years ago uh Donnie Swagger put out a video, I think it's on YouTube, about pimping preachers. Yeah. And it was really a good sermon. Oh, he was really letting them have it for pimping people and promising them the world if they give a seed faith offering and all that. And now they're doing the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I am very, very disappointed. Yeah. Well, they tried to let the... uh the storm passed before they can get back into their old uh, habits. And isn't that amazing? Because of all the things that uh, Jimmy Swaggart went through, the uh, total humiliation in front of all the world. Here's here's someone that had one of the biggest ministries in the world taking in multiple millions of dollars. And uh, his crusades were packed. You couldn't get a seat. He, he yeah. could fill a, an auditorium with thirty thousand people, and easily, he can't do that now. He he barely fills his church up. Yeah. And uh, so you think that after God shakes you like that, and you go through all that, why would you want to go back into the pig pen? But they yeah. go right back. I I don't understand it. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> Me neither. Because even yeah. Jim Baker, uh, and Jim Baker, when he first got out of prison, I used to write to him uh, when he was in prison. Toward the end of his prison term, I started writing to him. I have a few. I saved the letters. I have them here. And uh, he was really on fire for God. He he preached. He came out of prison, and he was invited to uh, Lakeland, Florida, to preach a sermon. And he preached. Oh, the sermon was dynamic. I, I thought I might still have a copy of it, but I don't. I was passing yeah. them out to people at the time because I was so impressed with how he changed yeah. and how he saw how the prosperity gospel was not true and how he was so full of pride and he admitted his sins and he. Uh, he came out against the uh, false prophets and the false teachings, and uh, but I, but I guess that he started. Um, I think he was a little insecure at the time, and I think people started coming against him for preaching so hard, and so then he kind of backed off a little bit. I mean, he still preaches like that, but he's in a way. But he's. I saw him on a telethon about oh. six, yeah about six or eight months ago, and he was pimping for money. Wow. Yeah, he was doing the pimping with give a $97 uh, seed face offering, sow a seed, and God will meet your need. And so uh, it was really, uh, I was really devastated when I saw him doing yeah. that. And, yeah. uh, 
So, uh, I, and for somebody like him, uh, I don't know if you remember when he was taken off to jail. Yeah. And how how he cried. They handcuffed yeah. him, and he totally broke down. And yeah. uh, it was it was awful. I mean, it, I, I think it broke all our hearts to see yeah. him, and for him to go back. And he knows better than that. Yeah, he knows better. We we can't uh, and we can't use people uh, for our own gain because mm. the gospel is free. Anybody can preach the gospel. Yeah, and we don't have to. Uh, and if, if people want to bless us, that's fine, you know, that's fine. But we we can't manipulate to try to get people to bless us for something that we can do anyway. Anybody can stand on a street corner and preach the gospel or go to yeah. a nursing home and preach the gospel or uh, get on uh, blog talk radio and preach the gospel or go on YouTube. You can have a, a television ministry on YouTube and it's free. Yeah. And you, can read, and you can get thousands of views. I've had probably, you know, since I've been on YouTube, and it's not, I think I made my my first video. I think I might have made my first video. I don't know if it was in March or April somewhere. And already I've got 200,000 people that have visited the YouTube channel. Now, that's a pretty good uh, congregation. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't have to raise any money to do it. Yeah. I didn't have to tell people I'm going off the air if they yeah. don't uh, give me a donation. So uh, I think that but there is a remnant church. There is a church that re- will not bow the knee. Yeah. And uh, But yet it amazes me how many people still want to hang on to yeah. uh, what's false. Well, that's because people are trying to build the kingdom of God down here. They have no, they have no, you know, the Bible says people have no vision, they perish. Yeah. People don't have the vision that the kingdom of God is is yet future. And you, I mean, if you start telling people they can build the kingdom down here and God is going to make you rich, if you say, I heard uh, your boy, uh, I'm just joking when I say your boy, but (laughs) your boy Jordan, what's his name? Well, anyway, he, he, I still got that, that, uh, I still got that, uh, that tape of Jordan. He's asking, he has like a lady and, and two guys on there and, and, uh, and they're going in, uh, what's his name? Uh, you know who I'm talking about, Jordan, um, Prophet is Jordan or Prophet? Oh, Jordan. yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that on, I got that on. I was going to watch it again one day because it's kind of funny to me. It's sending me fifty two dollars and thirty five cents or something like that. Yeah. And I'm like, why fifty two dollars and thirty five cents? Well they don't usually they, make a, a psalm or a, a scripture. Uh, and they were going in a circle. Said, well tell them why they should send this off this ple- I forgot what he called it, pledge of fifty two dollars and thirty five cents, sister Betty. Well, uh you I see a vision that you will have Enlightenment of various and forms of, you know, messages from the divine revelation. Just making up stuff. 
And I'm like, dude, are you guys serious? For that, you gonna send me all that for fifty dollars, fifty-two dollars and thirty-five cents? <laughs> and then they'll go in circles and they say some of the most ridiculous stuff. It is time for you to know. You know, for one person to the next, I'm like, are you serious? You for real? <laughs> yeah. Matter of fact, I might go watch that tonight. <laughs> laugh. It's I like, me to laugh, man. It's like I mean, the Twilight Zone. Yeah. To me, I mean, why is people so blind? I mean, don't they ever just wake up and, like, for real, sister, don't they ever just think about, can I actually burn in hell for this stuff that I'm doing? Can no, I actually... They don't think about it. They don't think about it. Because Was money that good? I mean, I mean I'm pretty sure Benny Hinn has, has had a bad day where he, he he's ever said to himself, there's got to be more. Or what the heck am I doing? What did I do to my wife? I mean, I know some people. Oh, out I'm there, sure he says it to himself. But yeah, you, I know some people out there probably say, "Well, you've been mean." Well, trust me, I I I, I can show you some mean family members. Uh, <laughs> just come my way. I mean, I you know you get, you're gonna get judged by many people, so I, I get judged myself. So if, if somebody is saying that well, I'm judging Benny Hinn, trust me, I have enough family members. Who judged me for doing something I didn't even do? Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying in the, right now. I'm just saying in the in the past. You know, you you there's gossip. There are people who gossip about you know everything and and every well, part the of relatives, life. the relative, the, the relatives don't know the most of them don't know the saved person because they're not saved. Yeah. You know, exactly. it's like my relatives. They don't know the saved person because they're not saved. They they know the old Susan. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. it's kind of hard for them to put it together. Yeah, so I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, uh, I I'm gonna have you on next week. I need to have you on next week because I, um, I'm gonna probably have uh, a few uh, people from Prophecy Zone Network on, and then I'm gonna have some other guests on. So we're gonna we're gonna try to uh, have sort of a. Um, a round table that's not really a round table. It's going to bring different people on at the yeah. same time. You know. But, yeah, uh, thank you so much, Susan, because I'm going to go ahead and finish up the news, and then I'm going to bring my guests back off for the last Good. 10 minutes yeah. of the show. I'll be so, yeah, uh, thank you so much for coming by. Thank and, uh, you. I'll see Happy you next week. Still. Yeah, it's How great did... to be with you again. Yes, ma'am. Same time oh. next week. Okay. God bless you. God bless see you. See you later. Bye-bye. All right, that was Susan Posio from uh, Prophetic News and also the Prophecies on Network. So we're going to take one more break, and we'll be right back. Connecting the dots and showing you why we are more vulnerable than ever. Greetings, fellow Americans. This is David Robertson, inviting you to come be a part of an American Warning Radio, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. Central. You've seen the pieces. Now, come see the bigger picture, an American Warning Radio, with your host, David Robertson, on this and many other networks that value liberty. All they're getting is mainstream media stuff. That's all they're getting, including Fox News. The American Warning Program with David Robertson, uh, just a great show. Uh, all kidding aside, the, the numbers are really going, starting to go up on that program, and I think one once people realize that that's on now live Monday through Friday, 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock on this very station, you're going to be tuning in a lot more. That guy makes a lot of sense, and he's really good at what he does. Warning. 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 Warning.
Italy. Get more information at anamericanwarning.com. That's anamericanwarning.com. lays out our future and host Phil Armstrong examines what the scripture tells of his coming every Thursday and Sunday at 7 on the Prophecy Zone. What is the New World Order? The people who are talking about the New World Order, Bible prophecy, may be in danger. What do you need to be rapture ready? I believe that the Bible interprets the Bible and we have to stick with the Bible. How much time is left? See more at theprophecyzone.com and youtube.com slash prophecyzone. Hear more here on Blog Talk Radio every Thursday and Sunday at 7 on The Prophecy Zone. Who is the Antichrist? I believe the Antichrist will not be known until the tribulation period starts. This is The Prophecy Zone. TheProphecyZone.com and YouTube.com slash ProphecyZone. Hear more here on Blog Talk Radio every Thursday and Sunday at 7 on The Prophecy Zone. Okay, uh, next week we're going to be talking about black genocide. Uh, it's black genocide that's uh, abortion and in the African American community, uh, how does God feel about that, and uh, how uh, do Christians uh, feel about that? And also, uh, can you be a Democrat and support an abortionist uh, platform and be okay with God uh, and be all right under God's um, eyes? Uh, also Republican. Can you be a Republican and stand by and watch and be okay with God's eyes? Um, I think when people say, I'm going to, um, I, I, what do you expect me to do? I'm going to vote. I have to vote. I'm an American citizen. Well, I say this. I would rather throw away my vote than to vote them for somebody uh, who believes in abortion? Uh, my vote is not worth a human life. Um, and then we turn around and we say um, it's a woman's right. Well, I, I'll say this: I, I feel uh, sympathy for a lady who has had abortion. I greatly do because it is uh, hard on the soul. Um, and it's something that they have to deal with uh, until uh, they get over it, and hopefully God will take their pain away. Uh, 
but for the people who traditionally as a family get abortions, because I've seen families who traditionally get abortions, they pass it on from generation to generation, from great-grandma to grandma to to mama to daughter. Soon that daughter, if she's 18, going to have a kid, if they let it live, and then that kid's going to have to decide if it wants to have an abortion. So, and then there's ladies who are out there who have had abortions who are by themselves, and um, they have to make that decision. But is it the decision of convenience, Molac? Uh, I, I don't. I'm not ready for a baby right now, so I'm gonna go ahead and get this done. So I it'll be over really quickly, and I can get over it. But chances are you're probably not gonna get over it if you have any sense of soul or conscience. You're probably not gonna fully get over it. So for those who have had abortions, you know, Father God, we pray that they will uh, come to you if they. Uh, not um, happy about uh, they're sad and they're, they're feeling uh, depressed um, that you would take them God and you would heal their hearts and heal their minds and heal their souls God and let them know that you're here to comfort them Father God and to help them that they will get over this time and, and let them know that you have forgiven them for their sin in Jesus name Amen. So, um, the end times, we don't know. We're not 100% sure if it's this year, but I'm starting to rock towards this year. There's a lot of things going on. I don't want to be false if this thing does not transform in the next couple of weeks, but I'm starting to think it is. But I've been wrong before, and and I've thrown myself under a bus. Again, as long as I'm not going to sit up here and say, there says the Lord, God told me this, because he didn't tell me anything, but everybody has the Bible to read for themselves. Um, but I do believe that World War Three is about to start. If it's not going to start in a couple of weeks, the show is going to start before 2012, December 23rd. Trust me, it'll be here before that. And uh, for Hera Canton, to say the specific date of the rapture, which was May 21st, 2011, and then uh, get ridiculed uh, for making a false prediction. I think he should get ridiculed. But for the people to turn around right after that and start bringing up 2012, 21st happened to be, we should be ashamed of ourselves. Um, and you'll be the very person who tells me we do not know the day and hour. But then you get hyped for 2012. I don't get it. Oh, because it's far off. That's why. But what if Jesus did come back pretty soon? I mean, what if he'd come back today or tomorrow or next week or two months from here? What would you do? Are you ready? Is there such thing as being ready? How do you get ready? Are you... Um, harboring a habit Do you have a secret sin Are you looking at pornography Are you smoking marijuana Thinking you're 
going to be a high Christian getting lifted up in the rapture? Do you cheat on your income tax? I'm not talking about somebody who has a bad habit of spending money. We need to realize that. And put, bring it up under the blood. All that stuff needs to be brought up under Jesus and ask for forgiveness. That he would be able to heal us in time for his coming. Because if you harbor a secret sin, that you might not be you might be left behind. Because you gotta bring that up under blood. One thing I wanted to tell you guys um, is see God is a merciful God. And uh, Jesus has come to save us from our sins. Not only to save us, but to save us from our sins. Um, this is the ministry that we have to bring to you guys. Because if we don't, if I don't, I, I, I'm I doing you guys this justice. It says in John, First John, uh, First John chapter 1, verse 8, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves that the truth is not in us. So, practically, later on in that book, he says, he who practices sin is not of God. That means a habit. That means a habit that is not being checked. That means not a habit that you're fighting, a habit that's not being checked. A habit that you actually practice and and you feel bad once in a while. Remember, worldly, worldly sorrow does not covet repentance. It's godly sorrow that covers repentance, meaning uh, if you can always feel bad that you cheated on your wife, but do you keep cheating on your wife? Or you can always feel bad for, for you know, going out smoking some joints, but then you continue to smoke joints. The Bible says, he who practices righteousness is of God, he who practices sin is of the devil. And then it says right after that in verse 9 it says if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness so he has to cleanse us so to be ready to be the ten versions to be five that are ready and five that are not you have to be in communion with the Holy Spirit and that's how you get ready folks you clean house I'm not saying you're going to be perfect you might even have some challenges still but God wants to save us, and he wants He has things for us to do. If it's not now, if it's later, he has things for us to do. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you guys that um, this is a wonderful place. I mean, if you watch the news lately, it's not so much of a wonderful place. You're not going to get heaven down here, folks. So if you're trying to start the kingdom of God down here, I got news for you. Still cursed. Just read Genesis, first couple of chapters. The world is still cursed, folks, and it's not going to be uncursed. You can't take the the world back for God. That's not going to work. The Bible never said that men will actually work the, the, the righteousness of God. Man can't work the righteousness of God. Our righteousness is a filthy rag, so we cannot restore this earth to the Garden of Eden. We can't do it. Not even with God, because God's not going to do it. The day of the Lord 
is a thousand year period. The Bible says the day of the Lord is a thousand years, and a thousand years is a day. Spoken of in Second Peter chapter three. I think that's what it is. Um so the devil has six thousand years and on the seven thousand year God will call all things to completion. That's why he calls it the day of the Lord, it's a thousand year period. So guess what, folks? We're not going to have the nasty grass outside in the potholes. So get over it. No more abortion. No more porn. So if you need the porn, you need the abortion, and you need all the the, the fixtures of emails so you can text your ex, your next your girlfriend, you need to wake up and smell the coffee. Leave that stuff behind. And for you people who want to go fishing or, be, or retire and build that new house, wake up. And uh, one more thing, um, I, let me let me say this the right way. Um, if you have a, a family member or a relative that you're trying to preach to, um, if you have a spouse or kids or coworkers that you're trying to talk to about Jesus, <coughs> and they do not accept what you're saying, don't feel bad. Think about Noah. Now remember, Noah had sons and 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 the sons had wives on the ark, and Seth came out, and um, through him and 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 Noah's sons, they repopulated the earth. Noah had no converts, no converts. So if you want to feel bad that you're Family's not listening to you. Just think about Noah. How about John the Baptist? I'm mean, not saying John. John the Baptist did have converts. I'm trying to make a point. So when you see yourself not having too many converts, just think about some of the people who uh, get their head chopped off like John the Baptist did for the gospel. And then don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed to give your word, your testimony out. Uh, and I can't say they won't bite. Oh, they won't bite. You know, our dog, he won't bite. Just go ahead and pet him. No, I won't pet your dog. But, uh, hey, I've seen some people who bite. They, you can get your feelings hurt while you're witnessing. Trust me, you can get your feelings hurt. I've got my feelings hurt, even if I'm right. What do I look like trying to give these people? Blah, 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 blah. You should never feel like that. You should feel like, hey, God's word will not return back void as long as you have it correctly. It's when you start tampering with it. And I'm starting to also understand why the Bible says, wide is the gate, narrow is the way to lead to life, and few there be defined. It. Broad is the gate to lead to destruction. Many there go by it. There's many ways to go to hell, folks. You can go with a faith like the Mormons or the Islam. You can go by crime, practicing sin, alcoholism, or you can just sit on the couch. You know who I fear most of all those? Actually, I fear the two first two because they're deceived completely. But I fear the person who sits on the couch. You say, why? 
let me let me fix it up. Let me let me let me explain the person who sits on the couch. I don't mean necessarily sit on the couch all day. I mean the person who believes that I call it um bun bun eaters. Um the people who believe that they're saved just because they say, Oh, praise the Lord once in a while and just because they believe a little bit you know, they know the gospel a little bit. They go by the numbers every time they around somebody. Hallelujah. Praise God. But Jesus is not number one in their life. Because God is, remember the Bible says God is a jealous God. Jesus is a jealous God. God is a jealous God. Me and the Father are one. So when I say God, I mean God. And when I say Jesus, I mean God. God is the jealous God. So when we put our son or our daughter uh, or our husband or wife before we put God, we got a problem. Now, if we put God first, of course we're going to be a better husband, we're going to be a better wife, we're going to be a better son or daughter, we're going to be a better parent. We put God first. And he's going to help us with with the habits. He's going to help us with alcoholism like he did me. He freed me from alcohol. He freed me from uh, porn. He freed me. I've been sitting in front of TV, computer all day, but, heck, my mind was a living orgy. And God freed me. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. The Bible does not say these things for no reason. Who the sun sets free is free indeed from what? Hell? That's not what it's talking about. Yeah, eventually hell. But if, if you have a habit... Uh, God will set you free from that habit. I'm not talking about if you're broke, send me $50 and God, $52.55. I'm not talking about that. I'm saying God will set you free from bondages of sin and death. If you got a habit of smoking and cigarettes and alcohol, you want to be like the world? If you want to be like the world, you know, we're free agents. And God does not want us like that. He wants us to be in heaven with him at the time that is appointed for uh, God to come back for his people. It, it is soon. And if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, Lord and Savior, open your heart. He says, I stand at the door and knock. In Revelation 3.20, if you open up to me, I'll come in and wine and dine. That means a relationship with Jesus. That means you acknowledge him as your Lord and Savior every day of your life. That means you open your heart as if he was there and his presence were there around you all day long. And he is your God. He, he, he comforts you. He guides you. He molds you and he shapes you. And he's active in your life. And when you get around somebody, all you want to talk about is Jesus. And if you like to talk about the NFL lockout or or uh, Casey Anthony, eventually you're going to come right back to Jesus. Ask me up. I don't have to talk about Jesus all the time. I don't have to talk about Jesus all the time. Trust me, if you were truly saved, Jesus will come out all the time, or most of the time. I can talk about, have a conversation without bringing up Jesus. 
But eventually, the second, third time I see that person, it's, I'm, a, I'm a witness. I'm going to talk to them. And see, when you listen to this radio program, I want you to know that God loves you. And I don't say it hypothetical. I don't say it just to be blowing smoke. God does love you. For God so loved the world. I heard that before. We'll hear it again. God does love you. But he can't have you at the state that you're in. God loves you too much to leave you where you are. We must produce fruit. Fruit to repentance. Fruit that is going to let everybody know around you that you have changed. Because if you're saying that you're saved and you're born again, I'm saved, and you're still doing everything everybody else is doing, trust me, the co-workers in the Army and the Navy and the Air Force Marine, they're going to tell you, you ain't, you a hypocrite. Because you're going out to clubs just like we are. We, well, you're watching the same thing, you cussing and you're doing this, and you, you're looking at this girl over here, and you're trying to talk to her, just like you ain't doing nothing different than we ain't doing. It's when you have a, a good witness and a good testimony in front of men. When you have a something to say, and people listen because they want to hear what you got to say. But I I wanted to bring on Ryan again, but God got me going. Uh, we 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 just want y'all to know that that the time is running out and. and and if I have to, if, I, if somebody probably say, well, you can't witness to somebody through fear. Yes, I can. I'm going to tell you right now, time is running out. If you don't know Jesus as your personal Savior, ask him to come into your heart. He loves you. He loves you very much. Well, uh, I'm going to have Ron Ryan back on the show this, this week sometime, hopefully in next week. And uh, we're going to be talking a little bit more about the Mormon church. We had an excellent time uh, just witnessing the day. Um, those those Mormon guys wasn't sent in this neighborhood for no reason. They think they're sent here to talk to other people. I believe that they were sent here for us to talk to them. Uh, God has it like that. And I, I've been talking to people off and on for uh, good 10, 15 years, and um, I can always tell, since I've talked to many people, when those puppy eyes show up, and that means you're, you're actually getting to And uh, uh, when, when those puppy eyes show up, that means it's a special look. I can't explain it. Sometimes it's a, it's a look that, hey, we've been exposed, but let's keep our composure. Because I'm going to tell y'all right now, I've never left as a Christian. The whole time I was in Hawaii and Oklahoma, I've never left anybody. I, I probably left somebody thinking they have won. I have maybe have won the, uh, uh, what's say, argument for the, for the sake of the thing. But I've never left with puppy eyes. And um, normally when somebody leaves you with puppy eyes, that means you've gotten to them. But uh, stay tuned for uh, the week, throughout the week, the Prophecy Zone with um, our host, 
Brenda Johnson and Christine Wheat and Susan Polio. And uh, they have some exciting uh, shows talking about revelations, talking about Islam, uh, talking about the, the church. And we're looking for more hosts. So God bless y'all. If y'all can be tuning uh, in next Sunday, we're going to have some wonderful guests. God bless y'all. Have a wonderful day. Thank <laughs> you.